Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Okay, welcome to the last episode of the DermFit podcast. Don't worry, not forever, but just for this wonderful, glorious year of 2020. And for kind of this end of the year wrap up, I decided to invite my husband. Hey, everyone. Jeff. He is a civil engineer, therefore really has limited knowledge on veterinary dermatology. Though he was really proud that he instructed one of his friends who asked him about their own dog with allergies that they probably should go see a veterinarian and do cytology. Did it all by myself. All by himself. He was super proud. It was like my toddler coming with a beautiful piece of art to show me. He grimaced. But yeah, so we thought it'd be fun. Um, there is a man behind the madness, the one that cook does most of the cooking and helps me keep things afloat at home so the Durham vet can live on. So I figured it'd be really fun to have him join us and really just talk about the few things as far as the end of the year wrap up. I put an Instagram story sticker up and just said, you know, of 2020, this nutty year that is, you know, we don't need to hear unprecedented anymore, but that is ending and we're all ready to leave behind. Uh, When this year started, this was a big year for me as far as a lot of events lined up and things that I was really hoping would take the derm vet off. Well, my husband probably was excited about the fact with a one and a three-year-old at home that I wasn't traveling at all this year when the viral pandemic happened. Sure was. (laughs) So I guess in that aspect, it was a weird blessing in disguise, though I don't think any of us are calling this a blessing. And I am ready to have some nights quiet in a hotel room again. I, I, w- miss you. I wish you guys could see the, the face I'm getting, but that's a long way away. Anyway, I put up a story sticker saying of everything you've learned from the Derm Vet, because everything's virtual this year, so between the podcast and social media and you know webinars, what are the main things that you guys have gained? Because for me, it's really important to make sure I'm providing value because my whole goal is to provide tangible tips to allow you to practice better dermatology fast. So... I took the top five answers and my husband has them and we're going to go through the end of the year wrap up of the derm vet, the top five things that you guys have learned and he'll bring them up. I'll kind of expand on them and this will be just be a really fun, great way to end the year and we'll go from there. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. What's number one? So number one derm vet tip you guys have learned this year. This one's going to kind of sneak up out of nowhere. Kind of might be a surprise, but number one cytology everything oh clever um yeah so cytology everything i'm so glad that was kind of one of the top things that you guys picked up on because if you listen to my podcast with dr pockle we just released um last week i think yeah uh i kind of went into how cytology everything i wish i'd been more creative with it because i didn't really take time to learn it it wasn't anything i brainstormed i just kept getting consults and questions and messages And every time someone asked me about a lesion or showed me a picture, I'd ask, well, what does the cytology show? And everyone would say, well, I didn't, I would didn't take one or I didn't think it was bad enough to take one. What should I cytology? 
And basically I said, just everything, just cytology, everything, you know, it's non-invasive. It gives you so much information. Like it's a, you know, if nothing's on the slide, slides are cheap. So it's not like you're losing a ton of money. So just cytology, everything practice at it. It it really truly is the thing that I do all day, every day. Like my techs are shocked when there's an appointment, we don't cytology. Like you basically have to be coming in hundred percent normal. You're just here for a lab work type of thing because it's that important, whether I'm rechecking an infection, whether I don't think it looks that bad, but I just want to make sure whether I think is this even an infection and I should biopsy this thing. So we, I truly do practice what I preach. There is always a slide in my hand and it really is the thing I think is underutilized in general practice as far as dermatology goes, but can give you the most amount of information. So it makes my heart so happy that you guys all learn that. And that was one of the biggest things um, that to come out of the derm vet this year. And to be honest, that's not going to change. I've been now doing dermatology only for almost a decade. Next year will be a decade. And that is by far and away the thing I always lecture on and talk to vets about the most. So Look forward to more cytology in 2021, 2022. It ain't going anywhere. All right, number two. Number two, check claw folds, include using a toothpick. Yay! So kind of going off of the cytology, toothpick cytologies, and really just remembering to look at the claw folds. If a dog or a cat or, gosh, I mean, I do some zoo work, any animal is chewing and licking their paw and you think it looks pretty normal, I beg of you, pull back the claw folds. I have literally looked and thought that they look pretty normal, and I'll pull them back, and I've seen pus come out of claw folds or dark brown debris. <laughs> you don't like yeah. the idea of pus <laughs> coming out of claw folds? <laughs> we don't deal with that at my work. <laughs> There's no engineer pus discoveries. Um, but it's so true. There are pockets of tissue that can really hide a lot of stuff, even if they look pretty normal. And honestly, especially in long haired dogs, you don't even have to push back much before you see a lot of stuff coming out of the claw fold. So I, I toothpick or everything claw fold wise, if they're coming in licking and chewing, uh, and there's anything in the claw folds or I can't find anything else, I'm pretty much grabbing a toothpick and digging in the claw folds. And I do get lots of messages from you guys saying that using the toothpick has really changed the way you've approached these cases. You found a lot of uh, malassezia perinechia cases that you've never seen organisms before, but they weren't responding to drugs. And truly, I think that that is one of the number one, one of the number one, that is the number one thing, in my opinion, when we have medications like Apoquil or Cytopoint or Atopica or steroids or whatever you're using to knock down the itch, that's one of the number one reasons I find that we think they're not working. Now, again, every case cannot respond to something. That's why we have so many medications. But if it's just going to not be a non-responsive putt, then I truly think a lot of it is infection on the paws or in the claw fold. So I could end the podcast with those two right there, and I'd be so happy for 2020 as far as dermatology goes. But we promised you five. There's three more. There's three more. So what's number three? Number three, more confidence in applying advanced diagnostics such as culture and biopsy. 
Yay. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, you guys, for dermatology, there's only so many things that we have, right? Like compared to surgeons or internists, like, yes, we do cool things like videotoscopy and laser surgery. Um, and those are two of my favorite things to do. But when you really look at dermatology, we say tology, we skin scrape, you know, we might trichogram, do a dermatophyte culture, bacterial culture. I mean, biopsy, those things right there pretty much make up like 95% of what we do. It's all about putting together the pieces of the puzzle. There's only so many drugs. There's only so many diagnostics we have, but every case is different because of the way we put those together. And the fact that you guys are finding complicated cases and not just throwing steroids and antibiotics at them, but doing your cytology. If you're seeing a lot of infection, culturing it so you know what will actually eradicate that infection. If you have weird crusty lesions, you're doing your cytology because we hashtag what? Cytology everything. Oh, you tra I trained him so well. Even engineers can learn this, so we definitely can pick it up in veterinary medicine. Um, so if we're doing our cytologies and we're seeing lots of inflammatory cells but no infection, then you should biopsy. And those are the things that you should feel comfortable doing. You guys can culture, you can biopsy, you can really help these cases. So I'm so happy to hear that you guys are gaining more confidence and the more that you cytology and feel better direction over whether to biopsy or culture or what to do with that case, you're going to make a lot more difference in pets, um, you know, quality of life. And that's just so extremely important. Number four. Number four, set those clients' expectations. <laughs> Good. So kind of getting away from medicine. Another thing I'm really passionate about besides cytology and how to manage our cases medically is working with the client. And truly that can mean so many different things. That can be setting their expectation that allergies are forever, that we're not going to cure the allergies, but we can manage the allergies. You know, that can be the expectation of the first year infection. There's probably a reason that your infections are happening and we might want to look deeper into what's causing that. Um, financial. So sometimes people come in and, you know, we have to really work with them as far as their finances. What's realistic for them? What's their most, what's the most important thing for them? Is it that they don't want their pets on chronic medications if we really can help it? Well, then they're really ones that probably should allergy test right away and go see a dermatologist, have allergy testing done and immunotherapy started because that's going to be our best bet in an atopic patient. Maybe it's just that they hate using antibiotics and we need to be really aggressive with topical therapy and symptomatic care. So we have to set client expectations that for the most part, these are chronic diseases, but we also really need to be a part of the team with the client and with the pet. I always tell owners, you know, I, I thank them sometimes as far as thanks for being diligent with that topical therapy. Whenever I say, well, are you doing this, that, you know, all the things on their home care plan an owner will say, yes, it's written down. I'll say, well, not everyone follows everything to the T. Thank you so much for being so involved. When they thank me, I tell them, hey, I can write it on a piece of paper, but you you're the one going home and doing this stuff. So it really is about setting the client expectation of what it takes, um, whether that's handouts or training your staff to talk to them 
or really, you know, over time finding out what's important to them. We don't want to set up the false expectation if they get, you know, an ear infection every two months to just treat it and not dig deeper. We really, really want to make sure we're looking at that pet as a whole picture and that the clients aren't going to be frustrated when all of a sudden, you know, we're staring at a tikaboo or an MRSP because we didn't really dig deeper and set their expectation that there has to be a primary disease causing these problems. Number five. Should we drum roll? Yay. Number that probably five. just made the microphone really mad. <laughs> the importance of the allergic workup. The allergic workup, so important. So kind of, again, going back to what we talked about um, on number four, the client expectation is that the allergic workup can look different for so many people. Sometimes we have these algorithms or, you know, different um, pathways that we'll write down as far as how to work up the paritic dog or the paritic cat, but truly it's different for every person. Some people are, are able to completely dive in. They'll do a strict diet trial, they'll allergy test, they'll bathe, you know, every week. They'll do something for um, paritis to calm it down. And some people can't do all of that. So the allergic workup can look differently. Certainly, I like to tell owners it's best if we can figure out why your pet is breaking out with infection or getting itchy. So, you know, if it's food and we can minimize how many drugs we're using, we're much better off than being dependent on medications and in periods of time we don't have to pee, say, if it's a pet with food and environmental allergies. So really, again, I think four and five kind of go together, setting the client's expectation, diving into that allergic workup, even if for that pet, diving in for that owner is good flea control and topical therapy and getting through a diet trial, and that's all they can do um, to rule those things out, to control the things that can be controlled like food and flea. That's super important. Um, and of course, we love the owners that can dive in and do a complete, you know, atopic workup and work with us to allergy test, but just don't rule out if an owner can't be totally gung ho, just the ability to control ectoparasites with good usage of things like isoxazoline flea preventions and a food. If that's matches something we need to rule out in say a year round paritic animal, even if we can control those things, we'll minimize the dependence on medications. And of course, dermatologists are always there um, to help with those cases and to allergy test them in, in cases that are able to and we know need that. So I love those five things. Those are all wonderful. And as we end 2020, I guess something that I want to think about as far as resolutions. So we all look at New Year's resolutions and, you know, it's really classic to say, well, I want to eat better. I want to lose weight. And those are all great things. Um, but for me, when I start thinking about the year coming up and how we all need to change I think about what could actually like make me a better person or, um, and you know, that obviously is health. We work out all the time and for us, that's really important. Um, but it's also just thinking outside the box of what you need to do to reset yourself. Do you have any things that you're thinking of? I think there's just that time where we get to have some you and me time when the yeah. kids aren't around. That's something we've been trying to work on really a lot. Um, we get up early to work out to spend time together, but the evening, especially after work and dinner and kids with our two young kids and now puppy. And it's pretty much always like chaos at our house is we actually, what, like four or five months ago, canceled cable. 
something like that. Yeah. Um, and we still have Netflix and still, you know, have a couple shows we watch, but we tried to get out of the habit of just mindlessly having TV on or being dependent on it. Um, no, that's no judgment. That doesn't mean you guys have to do that, but that's something we needed to reset. I think coming into this next year, my two things I think about besides, you know, yes, eating well. And I also split up resolutions into like categories. So like I have my career resolutions or goals, like things I want to do with the derm vet, things I want to do with my company, animal dermatology clinic, um, since I help a lot with the business side. But then you do have to have personal goals, like betterment goals or self-health goals. And I think my two that I've been thinking about a lot the last few days is I want to read more um, as far as for pleasure, not dermatology. So whether it's um, personal development books or just fun books, I want to try to make a goal to either read like a book a month or something attainable that's not crazy and I'm going to drive even, myself even nuts an, for. Even just an audiobook. Audiobook, something yeah. just to escape mom and veterinarian because those are definitely in wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm a wife too. I forgot. Um, those three bubbles, just something to do that's betterment that, you know, I think is realistic. The other thing is really refocusing on my sleeping habits. Um, we get up early a lot, but for me, I think just setting better sleep habits of getting bed earlier of reading before bed instead of TV, things like that. Anything strike you? Yeah. Just what you said about reading a book, even not necessarily always having to be a, an informative book or a nonfiction, but something you watch trashy TV sometimes, read it. A trashy or like a murder mystery book. Tra oh, I was going to say, tra not, like what trashy book are you reading? Okay. <laughs> this is a PG show here. Um, yeah, just something fun. Something fun. And that doesn't mean you can't have your little movies or TV too, but just not getting in the habit of every night doing that. And I think that's the thing with resolutions before we end is like, you don't have to make them, you know, super crazy life altering things. No, you know, it's just small steps. Small add steps. Up, add up to a lot. Yeah, like, you know, walk the dog 10 minutes a day. You know, for me, we we get up early to work out, and people are like, well, how do you do that? Well, first of all. I used to not used do that to, for sure. Totally <laughs> used to not, and I've always been like that. But it started small, like, you know, I'm going to get up and work out for 10 minutes. Or I'm going to get up and walk the dog. I mean, you just kind of very slowly it, it used to be a good night if I went to bed before midnight. Yeah. Now, two nights ago, I went to bed at 9.45. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, or getting together with your spouse or your partner or, or accountability partner, um, just someone that you can kind of set these small goals with that will lead up to a lot. And whatever we can do to make our mindset better for 2021 is important. And I think what also goes along with setting those goals forward is I know everyone talks about how bad 2020 has been, but even just looking back at 2020 and seeing what were the good things that you did, what yeah. were the little things that I've done, um, and just being recognizing your accomplishments at the same time that you're setting a new goal. So look what you did and also what you want to try to achieve going forward. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to get through a whole year, even though this is a ter like a terrible year in lots of ways. We don't want to just waste a year of our life if we can learn from it. Take a chance to pat yourself on the back for a few things. Yeah. What were your good things of 2020? My good things of 2020? I think it is spending more time. Well, obviously, I was working at home, but spending more time with our kids and with our dog and doing more walks with the dog and 
especially with getting Josie this summer. Yeah, I was say, uh, that's one of our great things of 2020. Kind of to bond with, with Josie. Yeah, besides the fact that we unfortunately lost our dog, Darby, which was awful, um, you know, we got the ability to rescue another dog who needed a home, and as, as cr- she's very much like her toddler, as crazy nutty as she is, and as much as she drives us crazy, she brings us the most joy, too, um, and is the snuggliest little pity mix you will ever meet in your life. I'd say another thing I was just really thinking of last night, and just so happy I was, was Eight months ago, ten months ago, our three-year-old was not sleeping at all, hardly. <laughs> and last night, we just put her to bed, and it went pretty straightforward. And it's like, wow, compared to where we were ten months ago, it is night and day. Uh, just getting sleeping through the night is a game changer. Yeah. Small steps, man. And just... our, our sleep coach, thank you to her. Yeah. <laughs> you just, again, better sleep. We all take that for granted in our my industry for sure. I don't know how engineers do a sleeping, but we really take it for granted. They're, and that's... they're not the best. <laughs> so we all need to take better care of sleep. Maybe we'll read our sleep book again that we have. Well, you guys, um, I hope that was fun for you. I hope you didn't mind our little random tangent. Um, but just ending 2020, um, I just want to say, you know, the podcast has basically mostly lived in 2020. I had like one or two episodes in 2019. So through all this, I just have to say thank you so much. There's so many exciting things that are going to happen for the podcast next year. And there's absolutely zero way it would be happening if you guys didn't share and support and review and DM me the podcast episodes that help you and the ideas you have. This is such a collaborative effort. And don't think for a second I take for granted that this would not be possible if you guys weren't actually listening. And I can vouch for it. She is legitimately excited when she sees someone doing a claw fold or a cytology. <laughs> it's legit. Yeah, it's a weird passion, but you know you're in it when, I mean, what, we're technically on our holiday break this week and we're recording a podcast episode, but... You just wanted to talk with me. I did. Um, but seriously, you guys, thank you. Thank you so much. And just look forward to amazing things happening for the Derm Vet in 2021 and honestly, amazing things happening for your life as well.